Characters Here podcast. I am your host, Arthur and artist, Sharday. On this show, we talk about our goals and dreams and becoming our better selves. You'll be inspired by incredible interviews and motivated by success stories. And the best part is you'll be a part of the community. Yes, you can be a character too. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at SLF underscore entertainment. And for more information, visit charactersheres.com. Hello, 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 everybody. This is Sharday, your host of Characters Here podcast, and I am interviewing Miss Tabby Slick, a blogger and indie author. I met her at one of the events that I went to this year. She inspired this episode to be about editing the criticism that you receive. When you're going for your dreams and your goal, you're trying to reach your goals and you're just trying to get to the next level in life, you are going to get feedback whether you like it or not, whether you ask for it or not. The toughest ones to deal with are the harsh critiques. See, I grew up very, very sensitive. I cried at the drop of a dime over the smallest thing ever. But for some reason, once I hit middle school, seventh grade, the sensitivity kind of left with people outside of my family and it was just like I was good so then fast forward to college you know I'm in architecture studying and I learned all about jewelry that's where you pin up all your drawings and display your models and the your architecture professors along with the other architecture professors basically critique your work and they were not easy at all they all were as tough as nails I I believe that it was during those years that I learned to separate a critique about my work apart from me as a person so we all have to think that way especially when it comes to our creations you know you have to edit out how people say certain things and focus on what they're really trying to say Like some people don't know how to give constructive criticism. Like some people just really have those type of stone cold personalities. And or some people just they just say whatever's on their mind. And that's where you have to see if the person doesn't mean to say it the way they say it or if they're just being mean spirited, you know. But before you retaliate (laughs) or dismiss what's being said, you know, look for the truth in what's being said and apply it into, um, what you're reaching for so most people say they're critiquing you as a person but they are actually judging you based on your abilities um only you know what you're truly capable of and sometimes you can surprise yourself so um you know edit 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 what people are telling you change is a constant thing and with change comes growth so if we never change we never grow if we never hear what's being said we will always be thinking that we're good when we actually need to get better you know on something or keep up with things so you know I don't want to talk your ears off because I have this very lovely interview with Miss Tabby Slick and I really hope you enjoy it (laughs) and I'll talk to y'all later in the next episode
She's a Kansas native who's lived in Oklahoma, now resides in Texas. With a bachelor's degree in linguistics, a self-published author and blogger dedicated to reading, reviewing, and promoting other indie authors, married for almost four years to her best friend with a five-year-old German Shepherd Rhodesian Ridgeback named Dexter, a 27 years young, and a special guest on Characters Here, Tabby Slick. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited that you're on because <laughs> that this being like the second season for characters here, I really love interviewing other authors. I feel like I learned so much. <laughs> How was your childhood? Well, I was born and raised in Kansas, so it was a rather slow and quiet uh, childhood. <laughs> um, plenty of opportunities to uh, create and imagine other worlds and that's kind of where I developed a love for reading um, and writing. I have uh, two siblings, an older sister and a younger brother, and uh, I was homeschooled so we got to be very close. Nice! How is homeschool? Homeschool, I enjoyed it up until right around middle school and <laughs> at that age I was dying to to you know get around other people <laughs> my own age Definitely. And, <laughs> and stop fighting with all my siblings you know childhood <laughs> rivalries and stuff no we got along great um, but uh, it was in about high school when we moved well, a couple years before that we moved to Oklahoma, and uh, that's where I attended a high school. I went to public school in Davis, Oklahoma. And you graduated from there, too? I graduated early, so I did the whole high school public scene for a little bit. And then <laughs> my sister was running off to Puerto Rico to go to school for one year. And I was getting close to graduating, and so my mom was like, hey, you know, if you do correspondence school, you could finish up early. Uh, so I did, and I went to Puerto Rico with my sister. She stayed for one semester. I wound up staying for two years there. And, yeah, and so I started, I went there when I was 17, and so, of course, I fell in love and stayed there. <laughs> fell in love with the island and stuff. <laughs> Oh, that sounds so much fun. So when you were a kid, did you already have in mind what you wanted to be as an adult, or did that happen after you graduated from high school? It depends at what age you asked me and at which moment. Oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> because I can at, relate. Right? <laughs> at one time, I... I would say that I would want to be a police officer, and the very next moment, I'm I was drawing architectural plans for a home. <laughs> so uh, pretty much everything, um, I wanted to be that. And so that kind of just pushed me into writing because you, you get to think about what is the possibilities and how can mm. I push them further. And having to do so much research into if you're writing about particular time period mm -hmm. or if your main character does a particular job that you're not familiar with you have to do a lot of research and it's great to be able to really dive deeper into that 
Like, were you fond of uh, reading as a child? And if you were, can you remember one of your favorite stories, childhood stories? I did get into actually writing for the purpose of publishing after um, studying linguistics. However, when I was a kid, I did enjoy reading, you know, being in Kansas and there's nothing to do around. (laughs) So, you know, you you have to find stuff that is entertaining. I remember the one of the first books that I probably ever read on my own um, was the Magic Attic Club books. And it's been forever since I've thought about those. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, the, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the series, but um, it's, I think, I'm not sure if it started first out as dolls and then they mm-hmm. developed the stories, um, but, or the other way around. But I really, really loved those stories. It was they were awesome. Yeah. So do you remember the first story you ever wrote and what it was about? <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I think the first one that I remember um, writing was, uh, it was actually a movie script and I wrote it with my uh, cousin, one of my yeah. cousins that we grew up um, semi-close to each other. Mm. Um and it was called Hollywood Ballet Princesses. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, were, we were very young. <laughs> and we actually attempted to, her, her dad had a camera, and this was back when, you know, phones were not a common yes. thing. <laughs> yes. And, you know, people were just starting to have computers in most homes. It was back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so her dad had a, had a camera, a video camera, um, which was, we were all in awe. And uh, so we attempted in really bad acting. And I, I think maybe no. my parents have have a copy where we started to, wow. to film it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah. <laughs> Embarrassing <laughs> moments relive now. <laughs> no. It's like, this is where you started, but look at where you are now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the writing is definitely, I, I hope, has gotten better. <laughs> so how did you get started in blogging? Did blogging come first before you uh, started self-publishing? Or did self-publishing come first? So publishing came first, um, unfortunately. And I I would say that anybody that's starting out should really start as a blog first. Like you should mm-hmm. start investigating um, the the world uh, before you dive in. And I didn't know any of that before. Mm. And so as soon as I published, I started reaching out to different Facebook groups and um, researching and um, all the things that I should have done before. Um, so I, I had a slow start, but, Mm -hmm. um, that got me into reading and reviewing other books that were, um, that are also independent. What inspired you personally just to self-publish? Have, did you even try to do the, um, the traditional publishing route? So I didn't actually try to do the traditional route, but... I did a lot of research before. I mean, I didn't do research of the independent world quite um, as much as I probably should have. But that's you know, uh, those are things that you that you learn um, right. along the way. Mm-hmm. 
but I did a lot of research of the pros and cons for both indie or itself and traditionally published. And nice. yeah, uh, and what I came, what I came to conclude was that um, publishing traditionally has changed quite a lot in the last yes. 10, 20 years. Like the whole right. world has just blown <laughs> up. Right. <laughs> with the, with the, the whole world of independent mm-hmm. and, um, there are there were two things that drove me to uh, um, self-publishing, and mm-hmm. one was that traditional publishers are looking for authors who already have a brand right. and have a huge following, mm-hmm. and and you can only really do that so much without having published anything out there. I I come across several um, prospective authors on Twitter, and. You know, so it is, it is a thing, but, um, it's kind of the slower route, I would say. And, um, the second thing that drove me to go ahead and, um, and publish was that a lot of these traditional publishers or traditionally published authors, um, are having to do a lot of their own marketing, um, the same as indie authors. And so those two things were really the driving force into into me making my decision. Wow. See, I just learned something new. I didn't even think about that. I just assumed, <laughs> you know, hey, they're with a big publishing company. They're fine. <laughs> All they have to do is write. I mean, wow. the, the, ones that, the, the ones that you hear of um, mm. are the ones that have... Uh, initially that um, maybe not initially but Mm -hmm. they eventually do very well and so they no longer have to do a a lot of their own because the publishers are okay with investing in them because they've seen that their product is sufficient so that's not to say that it's always that case um, all the time for these traditionally published authors it's just that way for a good many of them Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about interviews with the stars. How did you come up with that idea to interview book characters? Um, well, I've seen I've seen a lot of um, book character interviews on other blogs that were handled in in just a you know here's the question here's their answer kind of format. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I love when I can hear from the perspective of a character and see them come to life. Like, that's just a, a really fun thing. And I was looking for some way to do that that's different than what, I, what I've what i seen um, done before that I can implement on my blog and to help other authors. And so I, I figured, why not uh, chat with author with the author's characters as if Mm -hmm. they're really here in the room with me. And Mm. that's a way for me to be able to engage with, you know, a character. And I think any, any, um, uh, big fan of a book that has their favorite character, uh, could relate to that is, you know, I would love to have a conversation with this person as if they're really here. So that's kind of what, um, inspired that. 
Nice. Okay, I love the creativity. What specifically drew you into writing YA? Um, <laughs> interesting questions. <laughs> uh, when I started, um, I was really into reading YA. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what you read definitely has an impact on, on what you write. True. Um, but I wanted to write a YA that kind of... Um, uh, it removed some of the cliches that you that you see in some of these young adult books where, you know, a, a girl falls head over heels for a guy and her life changes forever. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, um, you have a problem and you whine about it all the time. And, like, so... You know, those were just a, like, I love young adult, I, I love reading them, but those were just a couple of things that, yeah. that bugged me, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I didn't want to write um, something that was just so focused on on that. I, I wanted to write about teenagers who were, you know, thrown into, uh, into desperate situations, and kind of explore how they can grow from that to to become better people or you know how does that impact them into becoming whoever they are in the future when it comes to writing YA do you go back to your teenage years or do you just draw reference from maybe a family member or do you use both um for me I I definitely go back to uh, when I was a teenager Mm-hmm. And especially when you're writing, uh, I my first two books were written um, mostly in first person uh, when it's referring to the main character mm-hmm. and she's the teenager. And so when I'm writing from that first person, I definitely think about think back on the time when I was a teenager and how did I feel or how would I feel in these circumstances. Um, and I think that that's, if you've forgotten that, then it's going to be really difficult for you to write one. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> really? <laughs> how did you, how do you pick your settings? I, even though I write paranormal dark fantasies, um, mm-hmm. I like to write what I know. And uh-huh. so, <laughs> um, my first two books um, in the Tompkins School trilogy uh, are set in the Arbuckle Mountains of Oklahoma, and that's where oh. I lived for about six years when I mm-hmm. went to high school. So, perfect time to remember back on when I was a teenager, and also what it felt lo- like to be in that area. Yes. So, to play off of that, would you ever write in a different time period? <laughs> Well, <laughs> you say that. <laughs> um, and I actually like to play with time mm-hmm. um, in my trilogy. And I've also just published a book set in the 1800s of London. So I do like to explore time. But this is after um, a lot of research. Um, my second book... Um, that's set in Oklahoma actually plays with parts of um, the 1900s. 
and mm. and uh, for that I actually did a lot of research and got my hands on some real newspapers, real local newspapers that had articles from, you know, uh, at this time it was um, 2010, I think. So it was newspapers from 100 years ago from then mm -hmm. um, that had news about what was going on in Davis, Oklahoma during that time period. Wow. So that was... That was uh, some of my funnest research was during was for that. And just to compare and contrast, compared to when you first when, with your first book to your current book, what would you say was once difficult but now is a little easier to do when it comes to writing? It's definitely not writing in your opening scene. <laughs> <laughs> that has not gotten easier. <laughs> <laughs> because that changes with each story and you can't use oh the same goodness. one right no <laughs> um, I found that many times my you know what I call a third scene or whatever that has come like maybe in the third chapter eventually mm -hmm. just winds up being the the intro <laughs> mm. um but I think what has become easier is getting to write the end um, mm. when I was writing my first book, that was, uh, something that was super difficult. I, you know, didn't know how to actually finish it and it took me years to finish. Wow. Um, but now it seems like, uh, there's, there's, there is a pattern and mm -hmm. if you set, you know, a time to write and you honor that, it gets a lot easier. So what do your family and friends think of your writing? Have they read any? And are they supportive? Uh, yeah. So my sister has read uh, both my first books. And uh, my mom is actually, she's she's a big reader. Maybe why where yeah. I got all this from. <laughs> right? It has to come from yeah. somewhere. <laughs> somewhere, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she, she reads all my stuff and sends me little um, edits and things before, you know, before it goes live. And so I really appreciate her for that. And um, my husband, he reads some. He's not a huge reader, but... Mm -hmm. um, he he really likes to read some of my my shorter stuff because you know he he doesn't read he doesn't have a lot of time mm. um, in the day, but um, he actually was one of my beta readers for my uh, latest ones, so that was exciting to nice. get his feedback. Yeah. That is when you, when you think about because I keep hearing this um, this certain discussion about the time that people have. What do you think about like readership? Are people do you still believe there people read more today as they did maybe 20 years ago? Or do you think it's just the way we have to meet our readers by making our short, our stories shorter or doing audiobooks? What is your thoughts on that? I don't think that many people read as much as they used to. I mm -hmm. I I definitely see that and I also think that it depends on your area, too. Mm. If you live more in the north, where you get, um, you know, really uh, bad inclement weather, uh, I've seen that there are definitely more readers there than, than you know, down here in, in Texas. Um, you know, 
where around December and the the Christmas and the winter seasons there are definitely more readers. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um I think that it's going to be a challenge and it's definitely a challenge that you have to address. Mm-hmm. And um there are people there are still readers out there who want the big long books, the thick novel that are that are deep. Uh, but there's a good many people that would probably read more if they had more time and the people mm-hmm. that use that excuse, which there are many out there and it's a very good excuse, yeah. <laughs> are going to be looking for those shorter reads or those audiobooks that they can uh, listen to on the way to work or doing their daily tasks. And I think that that's a route you definitely have to consider. So what have you learned about yourself from putting your talent on display? What has been the feedback that you have received from maybe people you've never met before or even your family? So when I published my first book, I reached out to many other bloggers who (laughs) read and review indie, indie books. And... Um, I got some, uh, responses that they would, you know, start it, which was Mm -hmm. awesome. Super exciting when, you know, (laughs) other bloggers, uh, you know, respond that way. And, uh, that was super exciting. And I've got few responses back immediately. Um, it's just a couple that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, had some really negative feedback, Mm-hmm. Um, one was very, very negative. And when oh, I read no. it now, I kind of laugh at it because, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, she didn't understand the, um, uh, what, I, I really don't believe that she knew what constructive feedback, um, was. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was, I think that that was my first response back from all the, the bloggers. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard. I took a whole weekend before opening any type of, um, technology up. I, I went to Oklahoma to visit my parents and, um, you know, had a nice, quiet weekend, and, you know, that's when my husband, Devin, uh, told me and said, you know, maybe you should open that email back up and read between the lines. Like, instead of looking at the, uh, the words on the surface, take a synonym of something that you'll get an actual helpful meaning from it. And so I did that after, you know, taking a little break from it, and it really did help. Um, I was able to pull out some constructive information and was able to make some changes. And then, um, then I got a flood of really awesome reviews later on. And it really, it, it really did help um, me grow and um, realize that just because somebody has a very harsh way of giving you um, their opinions uh, doesn't mean that you should 
just quit or give up. It just means that you need to always walk around with a filter <laughs> and, and, uh, um, uh, and maybe you'll get something helpful from, mm-hmm. from it. <laughs> so what advice could you give someone on how to get started in writing? And speaking of those, um, <laughs> those, uh, constructive criticisms, like how can you, like, the way that you dealt with it was really, really good. But I know a lot of times when people receive criticism, it's, I mean, you do take it to heart because it's your work, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. no. Yeah, it's How, like, what advice could you give? Somebody <laughs> just stabbed me in the chest. I, right. I'm bleeding here. <laughs> yeah, so um, it, it's really hard at first, um, mm-hmm. but... I I think that um, you should really just do what what you know Devin kind of told me to do. Wear mm-hmm. you know filter over your ears or over your eyes, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, if if you were to if you get a message from uh, with a response um, of your story. And you look at it as if you were going to edit this response for somebody else to send to somebody else. If this was, you know, your peer review over this piece of criticism, how would you make it constructive? Mm. And I think that that's a helpful way to to get over that and keep pushing forward. Um, some advice I would give to uh, future writers would be, um, figure out why you're passionate in writing the story you're mm. wanting to write, and then give yourself a deadline. Mm. For me, that's the only way that I'm able to finish anything. And I also set a word count goal. <gasps> that, like, for the end. That doesn't mean that it can't be less or it can't be more. Mm-hmm. It just gives me an idea of the pacing oh okay yeah and it helps me determine my deadline if I think I can only write 200 words a, a day mm-hmm. or I can only write on the weekends um, oh. that helps me figure out how many words could I realistically write and how many do I have to write and it, that gives me the flexibility um, yes but it also is time-bound, which I think any goal should be time-bound. I can really agree with that because <laughs> when I first started, it's that everyone has a story to tell, but those who want to really turn it into a book, I don't know why. It's just like those same reoccurring thoughts, this is a story, you should write it, and then next thing you know, it's a year or two that goes by and you still haven't written it. <laughs> So having a deadline is, I feel like it's a must now. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. And if if that's, if that is, you know, challenging, um, have you, I'm not sure if you're familiar with NaNoWriMo, but a person. Okay. So it's, it's usually in November and that's, uh, which is National Writing Month, I believe. And um, it's where throughout the nation... Um, you 
can log into NaNoWriMo, I think it's NaNoWriMo.org, mm-hmm. and um, register to start and complete a writing project in that month. And November's is 50,000 words, which is a lot. I've never done that before. <laughs> um, but I was invited um, by another author to do Camp NaNoWriMo. Mm-hmm. And that occurs in April, which is now, oh, and in July. <laughs> and so I signed up for April. So I'm about four, day, four <laughs> days into starting a new project. <laughs> and um, I set my goal for 17,500 words, <laughs> which, you know, you know, it's, it's a small amount compared to the 50,000 uh, in November. But in the camps, they allow for more flexible word count and you can, oh, okay. you can set your word count. I could have set it to 10,000, um, oh, but okay. I, or 5,000, you know, you could set mm-hmm. it for as uh, whatever number you want. But I, I decided that I wanted to set it to the word count that I had for my novella, um, which I did in six months, and (laughs) now I'm doing it in one month, so we will see, and I have a vacation planned for the end of this month, so I'm really... (laughs) Yes, you are like hard time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and... Uh, it's it's been interesting so if you if you have a hard time setting your own goals or setting a deadline um hop into one of the the nano rimo camps um and uh you can start your project and they'll put you in cabins which are you know just virtual basically virtual uh chat rooms and you can have them private to where it's the only the people that you know and it's just a way to help encourage each other to to get your daily word count in i am in love right now i love (laughs) stuff like that like even though it's a virtual cabin i just like the word that is cabin it's like these are my roomies (laughs) yeah yeah it was fun signing up for it because at the, the beginning um you know, it asks you what your favorite camp activities are and, <laughs> and stuff. Oh, and my goodness. So you get thinking about, you know, oh, man, what was it like to be at camp? And yeah. <laughs> out in the woods. But no, <laughs> you're on the computer, laptop, <laughs> typing away. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I'm definitely going to check that out. I just, yeah. Oh, um, thank you for telling me that. <laughs> sure, sure. I'll to, next time I decide to do, I'll, I'll tell you how it works out at the end. Okay. <laughs> yeah, keep me updated. Um, and the next time I decide to do one of these wacky things, I'll have to send you an invite. <laughs> Please do that. Because <laughs> I definitely need to be on my P's and Q's when it comes to deadlines. Like, I will set... It's funny. I'll tell myself, okay, Sade, this is January. You have until before your birthday, which my birthday is April 21st. Oh, I have wow. before Happy my birthday. birthday. Thank you. <laughs> April, babies. <laughs> but I have until before 
before my birthday to complete a project and then next thing I know I look up and look it's already April yeah I can't believe that you know I saw I saw a little post go by on on Facebook today about April (laughs) birthdays and it said that people who were born in April are the nicest people and I believe that now (laughs) so is there a quote that you live by maybe you read it in a book or a person said it to you that just keeps you going and keeps you motivated and it can be more than one quote uh, I don't know the exact quote, mm-hmm. but um, I know Mark Twain said it, and it was something about um, before you put on your shoes, a lie can travel around, or you know, whatever it. But yeah, um, you know, that's just kind of a something that has impressed upon me, and I've kind of thought about throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Um, about how much it, misinformation gets spread around, and that's that's a big deal these days with yes, <laughs> oh my goodness, um, with news and stuff. <laughs> um, and I I really think Mark Twain was way before his time. <laughs> I believe that too. <laughs> I really do. Oh, but um, just being careful and in, in what I say and how I represent myself and other people. Um, because I never want to, um, I never want to represent anybody falsely, and I think that that is a hard thing to do. in, in writing is there's a lot of history that we don't have a lot of information on, but trying to be as true to to that time period and to those people, um, and shed light onto their struggles and all that. Is important, um, and so I think that's why I've done a lot. It's really important for me to do a lot of research and getting to the truth, um, and so that I'm not representing people falsely. And I definitely never want to do that. Oh, that's so beautiful. I like that message too because it it just research. <laughs> <laughs> Research will save everything. Yes, that is true. (laughs) If you could tell your younger self anything, like leave a message for yourself, um, right now, what would you tell yourself? I would probably tell myself not to worry so much about what other Mm. people think. Um, That's a good one. Yeah, that was that was a big one for me as a as a teenager. I think every teenager kind of goes through that. That's true. (laughs) Different clicks and oh, um, stuff yes. so there's a lot of high school stuff that goes on um, yes <laughs> and uh, just to not let the negativity prevent you from making it better um, mm. because if you have a lot of backlash or you're being told that you're uncool that's no reason to, to um, stop improving yourself and stop um, trying to make everything a better place. And it's definitely mm-hmm. not uh, a re- not uh, a reason to um, just lose hope. Um, mm. So I w- that's definitely what I would tell my younger high school self. <laughs> So that wraps up the serious part of the interview, and we're going to get into my favorite part, the fun random questions. Are you ready? Oh, fun, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. What is your favorite color? Green. 
since I was five. <laughs> so is mine. What? Really? Yay! I love green. <laughs> See, you know, I, I really think that I should have been born in, in spring, but I got winter, and so I got oh, winter you're birthdays. Oh, you're a winter baby. <laughs> yeah. When is your birthday? January 3rd. <laughs> oh, nice. Happy belated birthday. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. So I got a lot of indoor, everything's cold. That is true. Kansas, it snows a lot, or it snowed a lot where I was at, so... Um, when I was younger. So spring was always really awesome and other people had outdoor birthdays. And like, <laughs> like, <laughs> but, you know, Real fun. I, green, was, green is my, my favorite. <laughs> Yay. And if you were given a round trip ticket, where would you go? I wish I could say some place new and there's probably <laughs> other places that I would like to go in the future. But um, last year I was lucky enough to be able to go to Germany oh, and, nice. um, one of the places that I visited there was Heidelberg. And so I would definitely go again. Um, it's just a beautiful place and their college is really amazing there oh. and just, just, just everything. It's, if you could picture um, mountains on either side of a river and bridges that lead over that and oh. sitting on either side just so much history there and you can imagine that that's exactly um that's exactly how it is so oh that sound that imagery right there that that was nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> what is the last movie you watched um, so, <laughs> give me a little bit. I, I'm not embarrassed to say, <laughs> <No>. but, <laughs> um, so the last movie I watched was, um, Aladdin. <laughs> I started oh! rewatching it over the weekend. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a little bit of a, you know, flashback to, to early days, but. Yes. Sometimes you I just have that. to rewatch a rewatch you a do. fun movie. And isn't it fun sometimes when you go back to watch movies you watched as a kid and then certain things you didn't understand but you just kind of glossed over as a kid, you get it as an adult? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I, you know, never really So, you know when the the sand dune rises up and yeah. um, you know, the the little guy is about to hop into the I think it's a panther or something. Mm-hmm. Um, into his mouth to go get the treasure. I never really caught what the sand dune said. And he says something like, um, um, only a diamond in the rough, I believe it was, mm-hmm. um, can enter. And I never really thought of, oh, what is a diamond in the rough? Yeah. And then Aladdin is just like, um, happy-go-lucky, really yeah. nice and thoughtful for other people. Like, you know, uh, the connection between those two things. I never really got when I was a little kid. You know what? That's so time. true. It was seem like so, uh, like very simple stuff. But, you know, those are just cliches that we're not used to hearing as a kid. You know? So it's like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know what that means. But okay, a diamond. I know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is one thing you have to do after you wake up each morning? Have coffee, of course. <laughs> like, Do you have a favorite, a favorite brand, or? Um, uh, no, not really. I don't really discriminate on my coffee. Nice. <laughs> just, Good. I I usually prefer to have the the ground coffee, though. Mm. That's that's the one area that I am 
a little bit particular on because mm-hmm. I love the smell of fresh ground coffee. And there's just, it's just different than, you know, the pre, pre-ground stuff, which is fine for if you don't have time. And so I still have yeah. some of that. But I, I love, I love freshly ground coffee. <laughs> and if you could be any character from any show, cartoon, movie, book, anything, what character would you be and why? Um, I think I've answered this question <laughs> before. You have. So, so if I don't answer the same, I think I might be inconsistent. <laughs> You're fine. We all feel like different characters every day. <laughs> yeah, so the first time I answered this question, I, you know, said um, Hermione from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I still, I, you know, I still stand by that. I still yeah. think that she would be a, you know, a neat character to to be. Um, I think second would be, um, you know, I think it would be kind of cool to be Jason Bourne from the Bourne <gasps> oh. Identity series. Um just because he wakes up one day and has all of these, um, these, I'm going to call them powers. And they're just really awesome abilities. And if you just woke up (laughs) and realized that you can, you know, um, have a gun pointed at you and be able to like get that gun away from them, like within a second or, you know, just know all these different things. It, would be really scary, but I can imagine that would be a real realistic impression of if I had powers tomorrow, how would I feel? I like that question. If I had powers tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Making up and not remembering who you are. <laughs> but yeah. hey, I have powers. <laughs> yeah, I have I have very special skills that I can, you know, get out of any situation. <laughs> right. <laughs> And how can people reach you? Well, I'm on um, all sorts of social media, <laughs> like everyone. Uh, you can connect with me on Instagram or Twitter um, at Tabby Slick. Or my, you can check out my blog at TabbySlick.com. And I would be happy to, to follow back. And um, I'm very active on Twitter. Sometimes on Instagram, occasionally. But <laughs> Twitter, Twitter is a nice home. <laughs> it is. It really is. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tabby, for doing this interview with me. I really, really appreciate it. I've enjoyed meeting you at the second annual Right This Way Indie Arthur Fest. And I was just really excited that you wanted me to interview you for a full interview. So thank you so much for being a part of Characters Here Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Sade. It's been awesome chatting with you, and I hope we can do it again. Me too. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please leave a comment and share this episode. You can follow me on Twitter at Characters Here and learn more at charactershere.com. And remember, don't be a stranger, be a character. Be a character. Be a character.